Welcome back to the Any Given Thursday podcast for our first match day reaction pod of the entire new year. That is 2024. Um, it's our first match day. Um, I'm Max. David here as always. And uh, if you're new to the show, what do we do? I don't know. You picked a good time to join us. Yeah. Knockout stage is just starting. So welcome along. It's going to be a journey for at least two teams as they try to get to Dublin and offhand. I don't remember where the conference league final is, but somewhere weird. Yeah. It's always somewhere weird, but that's why we like it. You know, put it somewhere. It's uh, Athens. Oh, that's not weird. It's not that weird. Oh, but it's at, it's at the Ike arena. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not Olympiacos. No, I guess, I mean, that's a, that's a bit, they, I guess they tend to go for smaller stadiums for the yeah. conference league. Smaller being relative, right? MLS sized stadiums, yeah. 30, 30 to 30 ish. Yeah. Instead of like eighty, seems to be the makes sense. Yeah, I and really, if you hear me, that's uh, something I should we should know. All if you hear me belch on the podcast today, it's because I had some leftover Chinese food, and it's just attacking my esophagus. So uh, just keep that in mind. Be kind to me. Um, unlike the Chinese food is to me. Um, anyway, why don't we start right off with things here with the uh, I think the tenth meeting of Feyenoord Roma in the last few years. Individual uh, game. Yeah. I think it is. So this is the third year in a row in which they're facing each other. Well, Feyenoord have also faced Lazio twice in that span as well. Yeah, so you can't tell me this is coincidence. No. <laughs> it's becoming, UEFA's fucking with these poor guys. A, this is a classic situation. And you know what? They just can't fucking beat these guys, can they? No, no. Uh, they just can't beat Roma. They had maybe their best chance in this stretch today. Um, hosting Roma in the first leg. Of the, I guess we're calling it the round of twenty-four. Uh, I would call it. I call it the, <laughs> the knockout playoff. A knockoff playoff. I'm going to call it the round of twenty-four because yeah. there's twenty-four teams left, but only sixteen teams are playing. Yeah. Uh, Feyenoord won. Roma won. Um, Roma basically did what they came to do. This was a, a throwback Jose performance. If did you it? haven't, if you only get Euro, uh, Europa League teams news from us, uh, Jose got fired. I'm not gloating. I'm not gloating. Max I might gloat later. Very anti-Jose for... I might gloat later. But right now, I'm not going to gloat. I will say Roma uh, put on a good old school Jose performance here. Um, throwing bodies in front of the ball. Uh, yes, seven, getting a cheap goal. <laughs> seven blocked shots today, which was the most of any team in yeah. this round. They, so. uh, they couldn't play out of the press without the long ball. They sat deep. Uh, kept the ball in front. They hit the crossbar on a really stupid shot from like 10,000 feet out. Yeah. Uh, that... If Jose was in charge, would have been a goal. Absolutely. I was like, this looks like such a uh, such a Roma performance of late. Except Feyenoord almost flipped the script on them uh, with the goal just before half. Changed the energy. Uh, Paixão was left pretty much unmarked in front of goal for a free-ass yeah. header. I think Lorente... The one defensive mistake of the day. I think Lorente was at fault there. He kind of gets suckered into falling Weda, mm-hmm. the striker today, as uh, Santiago Jimenez was out with a minor injury. He should be back for the second leg. Uh, he, well, he, he came in on, the bed, so I yeah. assume he starts just not, the second not, leg. Just like yeah. not ninety minutes fit. Yeah, not ninety minutes fit. Um, Lorente just kind of gets suckered into following Ueda and leaves uh, Paixão just completely open because Spinazzola doesn't have time to pick him up. Yeah, just bad communication, bad timing mm-hmm. on when to leave your yeah your man. And then the uh, response from Roma came in the second half from Big Brom mm-hmm. Lukaku. Uh, it's pretty unfortunate for Feyenoord, frankly, because it went off his shoulder. Uh, yeah, I mean, not 
like a debatable handball shoulder, but no, 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 like, like it didn't hit his head. Yeah, he didn't yeah. mean to hit it with his shoulder. Yeah, it was goal. like the top of the shoulder. Yeah, no, no, it was a legal goal, yeah. but it wasn't a nice goal. It was a mistake. Yeah, just to clarify, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like some people hear shoulder. And like, yeah, yeah. Was it he was trying to lead it with the head, and it went off his shoulder. And I think it might have taken a nick off the defender too. It was just a yeah. little bit. It was kind of unsavable and an unfortunately scrappy goal. But that's but you say. have to account for one of those from Roma every yeah. game. And he does have to. He completely overpowers Hansko to even get to that ball. I think it's impressive that Lukaku got down there even if the goal itself was a little fluky um yeah. he does just kind of overpower but you know roma's doing the same old same old to Feyenoord uh that have plagued them for years um but yeah you do have to account for like one of these roma goals yeah um maybe not necessarily on the road <laughs> if you take zero to one goals and mm-hmm. then and but you have to score more than one if you're Feyenoord because yeah. roma's good for two goals at home mm-hmm. i think you just chalk in two right now like at best they go to extra time like last year, but yeah, unless you have another one, one, but I think you have to prepare to score twice at the Olympico in the return. I do think both teams are probably somewhat okay with this result. Bayernord, uh, Bayernord were the better team, on, they were like slightly better, play. yeah. Uh, not to no one's had, surprise, they had a bunch of guys out injured. Gotrida, yeah. we mentioned Jimenez only playing 30 minutes, Timber had a concussion. Uh, so like you know, you have a few pretty key players who are out for this game. But Roma on the road getting one-one draw, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely with that. take that. Thrilled Especially because you know, Feyenoord have only won one of their last fourteen away Europa League games. Oh wow, that's pretty bad record for a yeah. team that like you think is decent at this level. Uh, but even in group stages, yeah. But remember, since since we started doing this pod, they've uh, had a big jump in in that's true. in quality. Um, you know, relative to most of the last, you know, there was a title in there, but most of the last decade. Um, they haven't been as strong. Um, so this this new iteration with slots is like the best team they've had in a while, the yeah. best iteration of them. But they have not been able to get over the hump in Europe because of they've just not been able to, you know, finish opportunities, not been able to yeah. create enough clear cut chances in front of goal and not able to find like the magic to uh to get through. Like they could have, you know, they were in each of these legs with Roma, particularly the final. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the final was very tightly contested. The final, which was Two before ago, we were covering league. them, but yeah, yeah. Um, it was really tightly contested. Could have gone either way. And then last year, you know, they went to extra time. They had a lead at some point um, in Rome. So this, it's just a recurring thing with them. They're gonna have to one of these days. They're just gonna have to win in Rome. <laughs> That's all it is to it. I will say, and I'm not gonna pick that to happen. The big difference, I thought, you know, you called it a Mourinho-esque game, and. I see some of that definitely in the way that they defended, but De Rossi encouraged the team. De Rossi doesn't to... want them to play like that. He definitely encouraged the team to hold the ball mm-hmm. a lot more than Jose would have. I mean, forty-six percent possession is a staggering amount of possession. Isn't for great, but Feyenoord... staggering amount of possession. Bayern would like to hold the ball as well. How many passes? Uh, so, like under Jose, I think this would have been around like a 34 yeah. percent possession, and they would have really tried just to counter. Roma had almost 400 passes in this game, folks. That might be a record this year. Yeah. And this is, I think the might be a record. setup is really good for them. It gets the ball up uh-huh. on the ball a lot more than Jose was able to. And that just, I mean, it just opens up so much yeah. for this team because he's by far the best player yeah. on this team, especially in attack, like yeah. the most creative. And... They can't get rid of all the habits, though. I mean, they have, they had, you know, Feyenoord had 100 more passes than the opponent's half. Uh, Roma had almost double the accurate long balls, double the crosses. Yeah, I mean, so Roma, it's just like they're still gonna play. They're still they played to their old strengths. I think some in more than probably De Rossi has shit wanted them to do in the league in their few games of the league. They've been playing pretty open and free yeah. fun stuff. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the return if they if the rains come off a little bit, or if they don't, or if that's too risky in a knockout competition. You know, it's not not like yeah. you know you could say what you want about Jose's coaching, and I have, but you know it worked in the fucking it works in the conference league and the Europa League. You know, back to back finals in these competitions, yeah. like you know can't say it hasn't been successful recently. So and why change a team it like Feyenoord who do struggle in the air, mm-hmm. and Roma have you know Lukaku is gonna win his fair share of aerial battles and. So Luskin in particular can adjust the balls in the air pretty well. So if I'm Roma, I'm not too concerned about, you know, trying to hold on to the ball that much. Lumping it forward could really work for yeah. the team against Feyenoord in particular in a matchup specific yeah. context. Well, anyway, the, we're in this weird place with, with this round. Like, I'm glad they don't do all the Europa and the conference league at the same time. Yeah. Cause that would be a disaster for us to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I lost my train of thought, David. Okay, yeah, I was wondering where you're going. I was like, I say, oh, but we, it's weird that we have to wait three weeks for this to come back. It's three weeks? This yeah. Time? Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's a long time. It's a really long time. Wow. Isn't isn't that a strange, like, scheduling, though? Yeah. I don't fully understand why they do that. Yes, yeah, so they do this um, round, right? Yeah. And next week is the 22nd. Or next match day is the 22nd, so they go bang, bang. Oh, they go bang, bang. Yeah, and then it's just a long time off after that. Oh, they go back. I thought I thought it was three weeks between. Oh legs. No, 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 I think it's three weeks between the rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mistake. My mistake. Yeah, because yeah, these rounds are back to back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, ignore I everything I said. There, but... Re- ignore everything I said. Um, that's all I have to say about this game. Yeah. Uh, why don't we move to Galatasaray three to Sparta Prague, one of the games of the day in both competitions. Um. It was a bit frantic. This is a this is a, a battle of two teams perched atop their various leagues. Um, I want to point out that Galatasaray have not one, not two, not three, but four former Spurs players on their team right now, um, <laughs> including I don't know if you counting Vinicius is fair because he was only at Spurs on loan for a year. I, that but that counts, right? That counts. That's four players. Uh, you know, never forget Tangi and Dombele, Sanchez. Um, and uh surge uh very strange <laughs> very strange it's to see it interesting strategy it's a classic turkish league conundrum um and uh yeah this uh this was a game this was a spicy game uh five goals two red cards um what looked like a late winner for sparta prague actually minutes later turning into a late winner for galatasaray uh this game had everything it had one of the best atmospheres as usual as it always does in istanbul um yeah, where do you want to begin? I I mean the match events just like if you're going through the list, it's just so much stuff uh-huh. happened. Uh, started early too. A nineteenth minute, you have the first goal from Demirabi. Mm-hmm. Demirabi. Demirabi. Sorry. Yeah, fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was this is a fucking whiff from the keeper too. Mm-hmm. He, he Demirabi puts it right on his hands and it just goes yeah. right through him. Yeah. Uh, tough one. First half after that was relatively calm. I yeah. think you I'd could... say Sparta had a couple of big chances. Yeah, I was gonna like, say probably three argue Sparta maybe chances. had yeah. an equalizer they or... had two er- really early one, I think, in the 31st minute, mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, eight to ten yards in the box yeah. in front of goal. Could it come up with a good enough chance to put something away? Couldn't find their way through. Goes into halftime, still one nothing, one nothing Galatasaray and mm-hmm. Sparta immediately find their equalizer it yeah, was a great hit preciado preciado thank you he we had a great game he was involved in ecuadorian right? goals yeah uh, it was a it was a bit of a was it a volley no it was like it like squiggled out to outside the box 
and yeah. he just sort of buried it far corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game really fucking heats up from there, doesn't it? Because oh, yeah. uh, straight after the kickoff, Nelson gets himself a red. <laughs> uh, after the, uh, excuse me, I skipped the goal. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Gala Gala goes back ahead. Uh, after a really bad giveaway, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Mertens takes like a ridiculous shot from way distance and it takes a ridiculous deflection and it was a ridiculous goal. Yeah. Uh, so two, if you're counting, that's two shit goals for Galatasaray. Um, and then straight from the kickoff, Nelson gets a red. Um, I can't remember who it was, but Sparta sends someone through on goal um, with yeah. the through ball and he just has to bring him down. Yeah, I also don't remember who it was. I would assume it's Kuchta. I think it was Berman. Berman uh, the, left, the left winger. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, and so uh, that eventually leads to a, uh, not related to the subsequent free kick, but, you know, they later score a header. It's a few minutes later. Uh, it brings us level again, and it's all looking in Sparta's favor, you know, because we have, uh, we have, I don't they, know, the, how many minutes left, 25, there's... 20, 25 minutes left mm-hmm. of regular time, man up, um, but then another red card. Yeah. <laughs> After uh, a decent period of dominance period from time, Sparta, yeah. where it they looked had like... They to win it. Yeah, it looked like they were going to grab the winner at some point, but Matej Reins had his own things to say about that as he levels the game, I guess, at 10 apiece. Yeah. Brings him back down to him. This this one's a little tough because I uh the yeah the first yellow is not a foul at all. <laughs> it's I watched this I tried to watch I watched this like a million times and uh I don't remember who's who got the red? What's his name? Ryan's Ryan's he he gets his hand sort of up and like kind of pushes against the chest of Yilmaz and Yilmaz makes a fucking meal out of it. He goes down holding his face, screaming, gets a yellow, pops right back up uninjured. Yeah. Um, and that's a tough way to get your first of two yellows mm-hmm. um, in close proximity. Um, yeah. That, that's just, it's just unfortunate. Um, and I think it's a world-class acting job from Yilmaz who, uh, um, could win an Oscar for that level of overacting. Um, yeah, but you know, ten v ten is in this game means like absolute peak chaos. Mm-hmm. People are just sprinting up and down the field with chances. Um, Sparta have a big chance to win it. They get a one v one. Muslera comes up with a huge face save, like yeah, that very like, Scott Sterling ass. Yeah, like that YouTube video. Yeah, where you, is that what his name is in the video? Scott Sterling. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then like ninety seconds later, Acardi wins it. Yeah. Um, and... This is a total aside, but yeah. I recently saw somebody react to the Scott Sterling video, mm-hmm. like just like on Twitter or something or X, mm-hmm. I guess now. No, don't say X. Okay. Twitter, and they were talking about like, oh, you know, you know, he's an English man, blah, blah blah. Only an English player would say. I'm like, they're very clearly establishing this is an American collegiate soccer game. <laughs> they call it soccer throughout the entire video. Oh, that's what they're worried. That's what he's concerned that's about. What he's concerned video? about. Just watch the goddamn comedy video. I know you ass. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, this was a, the, the 10 v 10, the last like 10 plus stoppage was, was wild as fuck. Quite a bit of fun. Um, it was just begging for someone to, to win it. So credit to Icardi who otherwise didn't have his best game. Yeah. But that's kind of what he's been like since he, in his he entire ton career of here, this outside season. of PSG. Yeah. Even when he's playing poorly, he finds a way to pop up with a goal. He did it at Sampdoria. He did it at Inter. He'd be totally out of the game and then. Boom, he finds a way to score a goal. It I feel like Galatasaray is, just per- is a perfect spot for him. Yeah, because like they're better than everybody, so he's going to get chances. He yeah. doesn't have to be involved in build-up and mm-hmm. can kind of be his poacher self, his, yeah. his natural play style. Yeah, he's a hero for 
scoring a high volume, but he doesn't have to do much else in the in the yeah. build up phase or anything. And it's good for Galatasaray because like they know they can create these chances, and having a guy who's going to pretty consistently finish them, I think it's part of the reason they're so far. Well, they and well, they're not, yeah. are so far ahead say, of the like, rest of the pack. They're like tied up at the top of the table there. Yeah, but uh, only one loss and like two yeah. draws. So. Yeah, it's just they're, that won't go away. They just remain like a who's who of where who was where. Yeah. Um, and they didn't even have some of their greatest defenders in the game to start. Like Zaha only came on late. Um, and Dombele came on in the 90th minute. My boy Tangi, Vinicius came on in the 90th minute. It's crazy the guys that they have on this team. Uh. Anyway, I I would you know I'd be frustrated if I was Sparta. They uh they definitely it feels like a probably they should they definitely didn't deserve to lose. At worst, I think a draw would have been right. I think they might have even had the better of the game today on the whole. Pretty impressive performance for them actually. Other than you know the mistakes that, to, that led to the first two goals, I think yeah. I'd be pretty confident if I was them going back to back to Prague. Huh? I yeah I. I agree. It that does I, feel it feels like not, it's left, not guaranteed, but it feels like they left something on the table here, though. And but I feel like they I would feel confident that in front of the, the home fan, I, I bet you they'll bring a good crowd. Oh, yeah. Next week, um, I bet you that they'll, you know, their their form in the league is this season. They've won 17, drawn two and lost one. The plus 37 goal differential far and away the best in the Jeez. league. So I would not be surprised if they. You yeah, know they have a four point cushion too. No need to rotate. They can go all in next Thursday um, yeah. and uh, give it a real go. I wouldn't be shocked to see that turned around. Um, why don't we move to Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Marseille? Um, this was another pretty spicy one. Uh, not sure this was the highest quality of football that was played uh, on Thursday, no, but it, it was, was fun. <laughs> it always like, seems the case with Marseille. I was going to say because like every Marseille game right now, you're like. Eh. Quality's not that great. Like they scored, but it was sloppy. Yeah, it was sloppy as fuck. Marseille are on a bad, bad run. I mean, it's not like they're losing every game. Rather, they're drawing every game. Yeah. They cannot not stop drawing. They've slipped to eighth in the table. One, two, three. Counting the coup. Four of five. Penalties. Four of five. Four five. And then the other uh, one's a lost lead. Six off. of eight, seven of nine, including this, it's eight of ten. Jeez. Eight of their last ten fixtures they have drawn. Or eight of their last eleven, something like that. Um, three, four, five... I have six the last eight because then there's the Claremont and this one too. Oh, yeah, they drew today or Thursday, seven of nine. Um, so yeah, they're on a one win in that spell is against Thionville Lusitanos, who are in somewhere in some league. Fab Bomb doesn't even know. Yeah, um, I bet they're like sixth tier or something. Uh, CFA two, so fifth tier, fifth tier. All right, well, that's deep down in France too. That's deep down. Um, anyway, they're not on their best run of form. Gattuso looked like he was putting them in the right direction at points in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were up to they got up to like third in the table or something. Now they're back down to eighth. And seriously, could you not drop the toy right around the mic, please? Um, damn dogs, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Marseille uh tried to fix some of these problems, but in the January. They brought in uh, Quentin Merlin from Non. I think is a great signing. Non's for been a ten million. Yep, yeah. and they brought in uh, this guy, this striker named Mubanya from Bodo Glimt. Yes, who uh, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about later for eight million. Um, he scored uh, twenty three goals in forty nine appearances, and he's for Bodo already scored. For he scored his first appearance, his first start uh, against Mets over the weekend in a draw. Yeah, um, yeah they. Uh, 
they both seem to have gone straight into the starting 11, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But Aubameyang moved wide on the left. Um, I think is the right thing yeah. for him right now. And let's remember they also brought in Ismail Asar and Ndaye, Ndaye, Ndaye. Uh, from England this summer, and they haven't made a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Um, Ndaye has one goal in a thousand plus league on minutes this season uh but we'll return to him later yeah um meanwhile Shakhtar you know they're in such a weird place with the war and all that it's I mean <laughs> you know what I'm talking what about he said with the war and you all know that. am I wrong you're not wrong am I wrong it is, it is well they had that difficult you know they time. were like and they were like suing UEFA for a minute because yeah. they because they were losing players unfairly and UEFA didn't really know what to do um well they haven't changed their normal business practices, which is to buy as many young Brazilians as they can possibly find. Um, and they bought two in the last month for 12 million a piece. One's named Marlon James, great writer, and uh, some dude um, named Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Just Kevin, uh, which means Chelsea is going to buy them both for like 150 million this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have the 19-year-old Aguinaldo. That adds on to Aguinaldo. Who's yeah, been there we'll also get back to you soon. Um, so they're obsession with for uh, being little brazil continues even if they can't even play in ukraine all the time um yeah i was sort of so, i was sort of surprised to see they're willing to shell out 24 million in a january window but mm-hmm. um hey they know better than me um yeah they great scouts yeah but anyway let's uh after all that pr- preview mm-hmm. let's get into the game i promise those most of those people will be relevant yeah it um, was a pretty competitive yeah the first half was pretty much a wash yeah, I mean, they just kind of canceled each other out. There were some good moments a lot of back chances. and forth, but yeah. neither team could really create that big chance. It was the second half where they everything just, popped off. Things popped off. It started with Obama Yang putting it in the back of the net after I... A little tap-in. Sorry. Yeah, just a little tap-in. It was a great cross from Kloss, who plays it right like kind of a cross goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good setup for them. They think, okay, we've got the goal. We can probably hold off against Doctor. We no, remember, never mind, we're Marseille. Uh, yeah. They are Marseille because a meet of like four minutes later, it's Matvienko for Donetsk to equal it. And this is because of a very embarrassing miskick from Klaus. He, yeah, it's a, he's trying to clear in the box and he just misses everything <laughs> and it he ends gives, up falling to Matvienko. He gives and he takes away. He gives and he takes it. was tough, man. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Obama Yang again kind of plays the hero. Mm-hmm. He, uh, this near the later in the game, 90th down to the 90th minute already. Yeah. yeah. He's sort of slaloming to the byline, gets a cutback for the much maligned and die for for the go ahead. Um, and this looked like tired legs to me from Shakhtar back from a winter break. They like uh, it was just the, they were just sort of like flailing their legs at Obama Yang. It, and his cutback, too, was like, you know, not a lot of pace behind it. Missed clearances. It was kind of an ugly goal to concede. One of a few. Um, but Shakhtar once again had the answer. Did they not? Yeah, it was a uh, very young 19-year-old teenager, Aguinaldo. Aguinaldo. Earlier, uh, he finds... First ever the... European start. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he finds the the winner, or mm-hmm. not winner, equalizer. Sorry. Uh, they just come right back. They again. wish. They cross-play a lot. Uh, it's Zubkov who puts the ball into the box, and Aguinaldo's there to finish it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets some points off for doing the CU after that. I did not um, see that. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I, I didn't yeah. like that at all. But uh, why don't you just fucking move to Saudi then, kid? No, it's fine. It's fine. You can you can like Ronaldo. I'm okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to be okay. Anyway, I think the draw was probably the fair result. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty, pretty messy game as we, as we pointed to, um, Shakhtar got tired at the end. Mm-hmm. Marseille looked they mentally looked, tired they from being like kind of fell Marseille on the last <laughs> goal. Like it yeah. was so ingrained that oh, Aubameyang helped us get the winner. Like we're done now. And, it, and it's think... disappointing that both goals were they within four, three, four minutes they conceded the equalizer both times. Yeah, just like mental and physical lapses. The miss, the miss kick by Klaus. The uh the lack of focus in the box on the and the winner. Yeah, which is weird because as someone whose team whose favorite team was managed by Gattuso for a while, that was never one of the issues that fans had with him. Like Marseille. sometimes you'd be like, oh, the tactical setup is a little naive, or which I think you've seen at times with his Marseille systems, but it was never the mental aspect, and that's what's going wrong for Marseille right now, which is very I, there's got to well, be. That's issues. just the well. There's so many mental issues in Marseille yeah. that I, like, I, yeah, I can imagine I mean, that they ran a goal. They ran a manager, not goalkeeper. Yeah. Manager out already. I can imagine some of the 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 messy stuff at that club seeping through. You know, it would be hard to keep that out of the out of the the rearview mirror. I yeah. think if I was and inter- like another factor here is that even though they're going home to France for the next leg. And usually you're like, all right, whatever. You take the draw. But Marseille have sucked at home this year. <laughs> Not even this year. It's over the last yeah. few years. Famously terrible the last couple of years at yeah. home. Like, and, you know, when thing, they've been so, you know, tentative in front of the home crowd, I think, in part because it, the club's been so messy from the top down. So yeah. when they start to play bad again, it's like it, they could easily turn against them. Yeah. I don't the know. Fans have it's been, a little dicey. Fans have been going out to Shakhtar would tempered with the team. Yeah. Would I imagine they'd experience a similar thing? Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they'll still be the favorites next week, but man, not a sure thing. Shakhtar can play some good stuff, and they have all these Brazilians. So yeah, I will say though, for you know, we crit- just criticized Gattuso, but to give him some credit, I do think. Marseille's position in the league and in the Europa League is a mm-hmm. little like the name is carrying a lot more than the quality of the team mm-hmm. is because Aubameyang's a fine player, but if he's like the entirety of your attack in terms of talent, I think that's an issue. Well, Mubanya might be a good might be a good buy. We'll yeah, see. we'll we'll see. We'll what see. do you think I about? Just... Do you think Enrique is any Enrique, good? No. Luis Enrique, no, you don't like point, him. No, yeah. um, and Dai, he's not. He's is... still young. Yeah, he's still young. He can come yeah. good. There's and has been and there's Sar potential in these players. Yeah, and Dai and Sar look like like pretty smart, you know. Yeah, step I, I guys to take well a step up from Marseille. the championship where and they were. The Obama and Merlin combo, I think, could be very exciting to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of attacking talent in those two players. Yeah, they're probably probably buying young like that, like other French teams, is probably the right direction. Like it's yeah, because they hadn't been doing that for a while. No, they've been. It's... I mean, they are. The, you know, the second or third biggest yes. club yeah. in France. And they were, you know, I suppose they're used to acting like it, but, you know, if it's probably smart for them to alter and be a little more like a Ren or a Lille or a Lons right now. And yeah, just to reset. Yeah, I sort think. of build yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just to reset a little bit. And hopefully finding people Gattuso, Gattuso can... If I mean, they stick with him long term. But they probably won't. That's the thing. Why yeah, even... There's no, manager there's no program to build to. Gattuso yeah. doesn't last that long at teams, and no manager can last that long on Marseille. That's so. fair enough, too. Uh, let's move to Switzerland, yeah. uh, where Sporting came in and beat Young Boys 3-2-1. Uh, um, this one... Uh, I'm trying to find my notes. So stall for me, David. Okay. Stall for me, David. Yeah, so I think this one went kind of as people would expect. Young Boys... Are or 
just you know a little small for this place in the competition and sporting were substantially better than it started the young boys to be fair i had some hope for them because they are they're kind of running away with the swiss league right now Mm -hmm. they have their goal difference is like more than double the next best which is servette who we'll get to in the conference league i just you know i'm Um, low on the swiss team yeah no but young boys is good and you remember it was only it was pretty recent that they beat united at home uh just a year and a half ago so they definitely they have a really good foundation um, but they didn't play that bad team. They didn't you're play just facing bad. a strong, yeah, a strong sporting team right now. And yeah, I mean, sporting's flying high, uh, t- tied atop the league right now. I think with Benfica. Yeah, they're yeah. both on fifty-two points. And it got off to a bad start. Sporting the game uh, in hand. Was it Marcus Edwards puts in a cross uh, that's just going across the face of the goal? And Amenda's in a good spot. He's not really lashing at the ball. It just takes a bad deflection mm-hmm. off of his foot and. It goes into the net. It's an own goal for young boys to start yeah. things off. And it I should think. be mentioned that young boys had a pretty promising first like 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Like they had the they were the better team in terms of production in and around goal, more chances created. Yeah. But yeah, the own goal really set them back on a on a path that 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 ended the game fairly fast. Yeah. And then it gets worse in the 41st minute when Victor Gilkeres converts a penalty. Yeah, Edwards drew the pen. And you know what? It was it's a so dumb from the goalkeeper. Yeah. Because Edwards is he looks like he might have an angle through on goal, but he uh goalkeeper does a really good job at yeah, first and he comes hits out. the right angle. Edwards takes it wide and he brings him down for no reason, even though he's going away from the goal. Yeah. So it was a totally unnecessary, and this was right before half, a totally unnecessary. Um, and sort of buries him 2 0. Mm-hmm. Or uh, so we thought. So we think. Uh, immediate answer off the kickoff. Uh, yeah. Young boys send a lot of players forward. It was they really overwhelmed the sporting defense very quickly. And Ungurinich, Ungurinich, Ungurinich. No. My first time trying to pronounce that. I've heard it. Fail. You fail. Yeah. Ungurinich is Ungrinich. Uh, meets the ball just outside the goal. Easy finish for him. And then he goes careening into the advertisement boards behind it. Can't even celebrate. Yeah, he's he kind of hurt himself. Hurt too bad. He had to come off um, the half. Yeah. But anyway, a nice response for young boys that they immediately ruined by conceding a set pe- from a set piece on the other side right. of half. Yeah. And this one this one hurts because I feel like, I mean, yeah, sporting, the better team, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if you take away the penalty that was completely self-inflicted from the keeper, I feel like the, the scoreline doesn't really reflect how this game played out. And, you know, a couple of key differences like that not like not conceding that and having stronger resolve on the other side of half, you know, in this game or can maybe converting something in the first 20, 25 minutes, like they maybe should have. And this game looks a lot different, but um, they didn't take their chances and they, and they were sloppy when they did, when they couldn't afford it. So now the tie is probably over. Yeah. If you're a young boys fan, I think you can at least say the team played all right. Even if we were, I think it's a missed opportunity. It's a, yeah. But if you're a sporting fan, you're like, okay, we weren't probably at our best, but yeah, we but still take got a three-one win. We'll definitely take care of business at yeah. home. Young boys sure. also picked up a, a late red. Yeah, for Mohamed Kamara. Yeah, but that was you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, that tie's probably cooked. You would think going home. another tie that's probably cooked. AC Milan three. That's it. They played themselves. No, Ren. Oh. Uh, Ren nil. Um, this one was pretty as pretty much. A comp- as comprehensive as a performance as I've seen from Milan all season, actually. Yeah. Like, Ren is, uh, you know, I know, I think you're probably a little bit scared of Ren. They're 
inconsistent in the league, but we've can we've seen a lot. They have a lot of scary players, and we've seen a lot of good performances from and them in Europe been, so far. And they've been coming into this one on good form. Uh, I know you mentioned the inconsistency, but they'd kind of it looked like maybe they were getting over that. Uh, it was what four straight wins? Uh, seven. And they start. We're starting your boy Teot. Wins. Yeah. We're starting your boy. Um, Milan were dominant right from the get-go the yeah. midfield in particular completely outclassed Rens. yeah loftus cheek had a great game grinders yeah. had a good game musa blue american started today musa all over the place it's a revelation dude i musa put some respect on Yunus musa's name he's been very good he's a great rotation he's our he's maybe honestly and... we've had a lot of good 21 year olds come through the u.s ranks he's maybe my favorite i yeah. might like him more than i like pulisic at 21 who also had a really good game pulisic was all over the place he was like ball carrying into dangerous areas there's one that i uh pointed out in particular i think this was the second half yep. post being up three nil but he spoiler <laughs> but he uh uh he picked the ball up on the right flank kind of near the mid, mid uh the halfway line um he darted into a give and go around the box swung it around the other to the other side of the box you know had a combination with layout that got him like uh, a near goal um and a shot around the six yard box so he was just like Really active, uh, moving a lot. I was impressed with him. But Loftus Cheek was kind of the was kind of the the he's main the, man the man today. The he's the man of the day. He got two headed goals, uh, the thirty second and the forty seventh minute. Um, and then Leao had a lovely little finish with his right foot. Yeah, great giving go um, tail. Yeah, so. that side net that put it away at three zero, and it could have been worse, frankly. Leao's um, been struggling for goals recently. Mm -hmm, uh, so he has. He's only scored like once since September or something crazy like that. So yeah, for him to get off the that little lurch, I think is really big for him. He can kind of maybe kick on, maybe Milan start looking like they could be favorites in this competition. This is a good sign for them too. I don't wouldn't go that far. We have Leverkusen and Liverpool. Yes, we do. Arguably, third favorites. The arguably be the two best teams in Europe. Yeah, right yeah. Milan could be third favorites. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I thought this was one of their best performances of the year, if not their, their best and pro yeah. promising for you as a fan um, going into the next couple months, if they can turn up on Thursday like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's over. Um, you know, they kept the pressure on to after, even after going up three, nothing. I mean, you know, you mentioned the Pulisic chance late, but Terciano came on and he looked in really, really strong, taking it to Ren. Uh, but I want to talk, I mean, just very briefly about Mateo Gabia, who had been, Loaned out to Villarreal, who had arguably the worst defense in La Liga this year. And he was – how bad must the rest of those players have been? Villarreal stuff, man. Gabia has been one of the best players for Milan since – He started today? Yeah. Damn. It was kind of a surprise. I thought he was supposed to be – Yeah, I didn't know he could even walk anymore. I thought he was supposed to be injured today, but – I thought he was just like – his. he's just got resting yeah. injured face at this point. And Milan are starting to bring players back, too. Chow managed to get a little cameo appearance for the end of the one. Uh, ben Asser has been brought back. Ben Asser feels like he's been like uh, returning uh, from injury for like three months. Yeah. Oh, no, for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> like he hasn't been healthy in years. No. Uh, but yeah, he picked up a slight knock at AFCON mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, just was at AFCON. So I'll knock him. Yeah. So um, they were they're working him back into the squad. This Milan team, when they're clicking, are very, very dangerous. I mean, we saw them in the Champions League outplay. Who needs DFC any of those guys when you got when you got Captain America? So true. And Eunice Musa. So true. We need a nickname for Eunice. Anyway, the people don't the care moose. anymore about that game. Let's move on to Benfica the 2. Moose. The Moose. I like moose. that. 2 Benfica, 1 Toulouse. Um, 
This one also finished with some drama and must say was a lot closer than we had anticipated. We didn't do a preview pod, but we would not have had Toulouse staying this tight in this game. Um, it was tied for almost the entire runtime here. Um, Nil-nil until Di Maria's 68th-minute penalty, uh, 75th-minute equalizer from Toulouse, and a 98th-minute winning penalty for Benfica. Uh, let's walk them through it, shall we? First of all, great-looking game. Great-looking game. One of the two best-looking games of the day, in my opinion, with the the Benfica, that, that, that bull's red, you know, that sh- glimmering yeah. red and white bottoms with the purple and white stripes of Toulouse. The other great game that I forgot to mention, the great looking game, Feyenoord at Holmes, the red and white. Oh, that's the Roma. It's the Roma Blacks. Great trim on that. And they have the Wolf logo too. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah. Toulouse got outshot uh, 27 to 6 in this game. Um, And yet um, almost got their result, defended their asses off. And I don't think actually like a draw, if you look at the stats, you'd be like, whoa. Huge XG difference, huge shot difference. I don't know if it would have been that it didn't unfair. feel as big a difference as the stats suggest it was. Yeah, I agree. Like, you watch the game. Or I watch agree. The highlights even. You can see Toulouse have some chances. Uh, Benfica don't feel like they're taking a ton of shots, 27 shots. But most of them feel pretty innocuous. They just kind of fall into the hands of uh, rest. The, There's 18, yeah, by the way. The very young Toulouse crazy? goalkeeper. Uh, we argued about how to pronounce. Well, I just morning. don't. I, we didn't argue. I just don't we, know. Yeah, how to neither of us really. French is a it. stupid language. Um, yeah, and I felt. Uh, yeah, they, Benfica obviously looked dangerous at times, but you know the fact I think that it took a kind of fortunate penalty for them to go ahead is is kind of telling. Like it was a handball, right? It, yeah, and just the guy arms just above its. He was just he was trying to get leverage to jump, I think, and it just it's unfortunate. Those just happen a lot these days because of our. Yeah. Um, twenty-two. Benfica, to be fair, will definitely kick themselves for the equalizer. They just sort of let the ball bounce around the box. It was so weird. And it's... then, and then it's flicked over the top for a nice fi- yeah. finish for Nelinga, kind of or like Netflix. I don't know what opposite nationality up, is. Right? It's yeah. Like it just and it just falls to well, because the ball bounces like four times in the box with no Benfica interjection. Yeah. So they kind of created their own problems there with the equalizer. Yeah, it just falls to Dessler, who nobody yeah. really covered, like, and then, comes uh, out to mark him at all. He's and then like, we get to the most unfortunate person on the pitch today, which is the substitute, Moisa, um, yeah. who I don't think he he gets a yellow, I think, in the 90th minute or 92nd or something. I don't think he makes real contact with the player, but he gets a yellow and a foul called for it. You know, Boz on the ground screaming. Uh <laughs> The second time today, we've noticed that. Um, and then he concedes the penalty deep into stoppage time. And Great it's just, tough. You pro- It's probably a penalty. He steps on Marcus Leonardo's Leonardo's foot, yeah. uh, also a substitute, late substitute. But ball was gone, but still ball, yeah. ball still in the box. The foul's in yeah. the box. You have to give it, but it's really unlucky because, yeah, the ball is away from Leonardo. He's not going to – he's not actually preventing him from playing it. And yeah. it looks like it's going to a Toulouse player to clear. I think that's part um, of why the XG, like we talked about the stat yeah. looking the so in Benfica's favor. Yeah. The two penalties, that's 1.6 XG, and they were both out of nothing. Yeah, They yeah, were both yeah. at zero XG opportunities. Yeah. And yeah, it's two very unfortunate pens. And Moisa gets sent off for it. It's a second yellow. Two fouls that weren't really yellow card challenges. One that I don't even think was a foul. Um, So that's <laughs> he's a... Only 18. He's 18, too. Yeah. That's a tough way to get sent off. Um, So... Toulouse on one hand are unlucky um, a little bit here, and Benfica may be fortunate. But you have to say, you know, I I don't 
I don't know if anyone would have anticipated them being within a shout going back to France. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have a rocking atmosphere. They're going to have one of the best atmospheres of this stage. And uh, they've actually, and we've seen their home advantage be um, pretty steep this uh, in the group stage. Yeah. Their results have been, you know, much, much better at home. I think they're, I haven't been beaten at home actually in the, I mean, it's only been three games, but yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they scared, gave Benfica a scare next week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. They should be proud the, I mean, of their performance. I was not a huge fan of what Roger Schmidt did today with Benfica. How I dare think, you? I think he is partially at fault for them only getting the one goal advantage. He made two subs at the hour mark, just swapping his left side out for uh, two new players. Uh, which didn't really make any changes. I felt like the play was kind of the same on both sides of that substitution. Um, and then waited until the 87th minute to make his third out of five subs when he took Cabral off. And Cabral just, he'd had a rough day. I, was, I thought that change needed to come. He had one really great effort that was yeah. nicely saved by the kid. But yeah. outside of that, like he But outside of that, he, didn't he couldn't get involved lot, in no. play. He was somehow isolated despite the ball being like near the Toulouse goal for most of the game. Yeah. Somehow Cabral felt isolated and just unable to get involved. Hey, Benfica have a bunch of dudes I've never heard of on their bench right now. So yeah. But it's just, uh, I don't I know just who felt they like on. he Schmidt missed a chance to make the make more changes earlier. Oh, they're they missing kinda, Bernat yeah. through injury too, who probably um, would have started. I think Marcus Leonardo when he came on just I know it was late in the game. And, uh-huh. But I thought he just looked a lot more involved. Sure. In the game and like yeah. he was connecting a lot better. Di Maria needed to come off at around the hour mark. Yeah, but After you that, keep him on in case he scores a late penalty. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> no one else on that team can score a penalty. You know, but he's saying, "How's Di Maria? How dare I understand you? that he's good for set pieces. Dare you? But he was just like along for the ride yeah. for the last thirty minutes of the game. He's a big game player, man. He is a big game. Literally, player. that's all. That's like his legacy. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I just saw Schmidt. You know, didn't set himself up for success, but. I don't want to harp too long on them because mm-hmm. Benfica are top of the Portuguese table right now. And yeah, you know, they did win. They, they did, did win. They did win. So uh, let's do Lons Freiburg really quick. Yeah. Um, and I say really quick because it was nil nil and not very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, great atmosphere. Great. The Always French, is. the French atmosphere is when they're behaved. Always really exactly. doing good. Lons, and Lons is not Lons a team is. that I, we've covered this before. Not a, not a ton of European experience. No. Um, so they had a good time, and they picked up a draw here to stay in the tie. Uh, Freiburg definitely had a lot more solid chances. Uh, Lons didn't even manage a shot on target today, even though they, you know, they they played okay. They had the, they had some combinations that were fine. Yeah, but it wasn't that inspiring. Just one thing I thought was interesting though was that Freiburg just let Mont have the ball. Freiburg played kind of like a very very good Jose Mourinho team. You know, just David Moyes to, uh, to tie it back. To if you might, you might game. say, yeah, yeah. Uh, they let Mon have the ball just like right inside the midway point, mm. and then every time Freiburg got it, they felt a, way more dangerous. Yeah, than Mon were. They had and Freiburg like, attacked a lot on set pieces too. Yeah. Um. So even though they didn't see much of the ball, they just felt a lot more dangerous. Uh, yeah. And Freiburg were also pretty rotated for this one. They have a big game with Frankfurt mm-hmm. coming up on the weekend, so definitely some rotation. Duan back from the Asian Cup. Duan. Got some play. I think it's uh, Duan. I don't think it's French. Duan. I said Duan. I said Duan. My mind My mind was on Mont. Yeah, Duan, Duan. Um, and then I think the other really big thing to take away from this is that Kevin Donso picks up a yellow card suspension. Mm. So possibly Long's best player will not be there for the second leg when they need to kind of keep Freiburg from scoring. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for them back in Germany. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Bradbury didn't even have 300 completed passes in this game. Yeah. Uh, it was a slow. It was a Ball little bit slow. A, did Ball have as many passes in Freiburg's half as Freiburg did total Let's passes? find out. Uh, they had... It was 273 passes. So 283. Oh, it was so close. close. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Freiburg uh, hit, hit the post. They'll, they'll honestly probably be kicking themselves. They didn't get a goal. Um, yeah. they had a one really big chance in particular outside the one that hit the post. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and uh, um, Long did have a goal taken off. Right, it was uh, Idara yeah. thought he had the opening goal. Every site and the commentator are saying it was ruled offside, but but it's like, a handball. It has to be the handball. It's a handball. Right? It clearly touches his arm. Yeah, so the keeper saves it. Um, and he, he's following up his own shot, right? Which I think should keep him and offside. we think i have not heard of the rule that it would be offside yeah but um, then he he barrels it into the goal but on replay it's pretty clear it goes off his arm so it's a rightfully disallowed goal we just can't figure it out what, what the, the official ruling is, is yeah. or why if it's offside why that would be offside if you know um, and want to email us yeah hit us up max's personal email. yeah hit us up on twitter um yeah. i found it strange david found it strange but I'm None of right us call. can really figure it out. Felt like the right call at the end of the day. It's definitely the right call, yeah. just maybe for the wrong reason. Um, maybe. and let's end the Europa League with uh, Braga oh, and Carabag. I, I, I want to save that for last because it was yeah. a bit of fun. Um, one of the surprises of the day. You wanna you wanna walk us through some of this here? Yeah. So game kicks off. There's like seven people in the stands. Braga fans did not show up uh, <laughs> to their gorgeous stadium. Um, and you can kind of understand it because they were coming off at absolute thrashing at the mm. hands of uh, one of their big rivals at the top sporting. of the table, sporting over the weekend. So, you know, fans aren't supporting the team's kind of down and uh, fans aren't sporting them. <laughs> <laughs> and Carbag were really strong right from the get go. They were at they it. They came out the gates. They looked like the stronger team. They were keeping a lot of the ball, getting into dangerous spots. And in the 20th minute, it was uh, the right back or left back, Jafar Kulayev, who gets into the box and it's just kind of like softly wrestled down. Um, he was Yankoviched. Oh, because Yankovic takes the I was like, uh, that is not his name. God damn it. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. I, uh, that was a stretch. It was a stretch. Yeah. But draws a penalty. Yankovic steps up. He delivers. Karbag take the lead. Uh, it's not till right before halftime that Braga are able to find an answer uh, where they. Good corner routine. Carbag cleared off the line, but it falls right to Bensa. Dude, I have to relearn Carbag's team every like three months. <laughs> they have so many different guys from last year. But uh, there's there's some consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh notably, talking about the consistency, was the Cape Verde guy. Zubir was who I was gonna reference. Who yeah, he scored twice today. The first one comes in the 54th minute. It's a free kick. I can't remember who takes it. Prop I mean. I know they don't have that Juninho, but I like to imagine that you know who they free kicks yeah. teleports in. This guy um, was there last year. Oh shit! Keep talking. Keep yeah. talking. I fucked so, up. Free kick goes into the wall. Oh yeah, goes into the wall. Just kind of like squeezes through the wall somehow, and Zubir is there to just kind of beat the keeper, tap it in. Oh, there yeah. was, it was ruled offside originally mm-hmm. because I think it was Jankovic who kind of like shields the goalkeeper. Uh-huh. But, but he doesn't really he doesn't, he doesn't really, touch the goalkeeper. Yeah. He just shields him away. He's there. And it's not a moving screen. No. A legal screen. Yeah. So since he doesn't touch him, there's yeah. no foul on the goalkeeper. And they reviewed it. I feel like and, in a league that would be chalked off. Yeah. But they reviewed it. He started yeah. the play onside. Yeah. So since he uh, doesn't yeah. touch him, uh, it's not an offside. Yeah. I feel like they'd foul. still call that off in England. Yeah. They called they'd it, be like interference. They called it off originally. And I think for that. 
Um, and then they reviewed it and gave Carbag the goal. Then not that long later, Juninho scores, and it's also ruled offside. <laughs> but they once again review it, and they say, no, 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 good goal. No, no, no. Dave, for, for those of you uh, not watching on our he non-existent the... YouTube feed, he, David just did the, the act out the VAR motion. Yes. Uh, um, he seemed pleased with himself, I so I wanted to point that out. Myself. I wanted to point that out. Uh, and then once again, Carbag, not long after that, 69th minute, take a 4-1 lead. Yeah, three goals in a 15-minute period. Yeah. Less than 15 minutes. This is the first goal that wasn't and two and four. with the use of bar. Yeah. Um, this one, it's Jankovic takes the interception off a little slight press that they had on Braga. Mm. He gets the interception, plays it wide to Beromov, who it's a perfect pass across the box, and Zubir just taps it in. Jankovic... Mm. Uh, had an exceptional game. Obviously, converted the penalty, but a lot of interceptions. Felt like he outplayed the entirety of Braga's midfield by himself. Yeah. And then obviously Zubir, two goals and assist, and Karabag look like they're going to take a four-one lead back to Azerbaijan. But there's a penalty very late for Braga. Uh, and Moutinho converts it. So the legend, Joao Moutinho. Yeah. yeah, maybe that penalty, honestly, is probably the only thing that can keep the can give them like uh, the hope that they can turn this around. That's probably it. Could be. I don't. You know, Carabag is we've seen be pretty strong at home in the last couple of years in Europe. We obviously mm-hmm. seen what they can do on the pitch today. But yeah. if there's any chance, like that was that was the turning point for them. Yeah. To to get that extra goal. Um, but pretty, I mean, pretty comprehensive uh, beat down here. And it's it's just not that Braga things. didn't have chances, but yeah. it's one of those things with Carbag though. It's they seem to catch every single team they play by surprise. Yeah, it's like no like one's ever heard of them. Before. The tactical and yeah. technical ability that they have. It's not. I feel like they're like teams look at it as like, oh, we're playing a mm-hmm. team from a small Eastern European, or in this case, not even Eastern European, further east than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, team from the Caucasus, like uh, they'll probably just be physically gifted like they'll just run at us and be physical and then these guys will dribble past you they'll go mm-hmm. through your legs they'll go around you like i just don't understand how teams keep looking like they get caught by surprise they've got quality and it's they've got quality they seem the, they they've not shouted out their coach before you seem they seem really yeah. well coached uh yeah i love kurbanov um, um yeah kurbanov, it's a great name too they're 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 dominated the xg from open play they yeah. um I and just, i just don't understand how teams keep looking like they don't understand how this team's going to play yeah, and that they can compete at this level. It's shocking to me that nobody seems prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, also, we should shout out the keeper who had, I think, nine saves today, Lunev. Yeah. The Russian dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and we should also shout out Mateus for not having a good game. But I think he was the leading passer on the pitch. Woohoo! XG on target face was three point eight. Like he that's only tough. only point one two above that. I'm not gonna fault him. That's tough for that's tough for Braga. Yeah, I guess he didn't do anything like obviously. Uh, yeah, horrible. I think he, had, he got a lot of. Uh, yeah, he struggled with the second goal, the one off the uh-huh. free kick. You just got to go through the guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's very impressive for Karabag. Um. You know, upset, yes, but to us, to real ones, not a huge shock. Not, yeah, I, I think thought we're we, surprised that it happened I, in the first in the home leg. Yeah. yeah, we definitely thought Carbag had a chance, but this is not how I expected it to go. Um, still a chance for Braga, but it would be cool if Carbag got through um, to the last sixteen. I would enjoy. Yeah, I would love that. to see that. 
Okay, let's do the Conference League, shall we? Yes. Where do you want to start? You want to start with Molda Legia? We have to start with Molda. That was a bit fun, wasn't it? Um, We weren't sure. We're never sure what to expect at this stage from the Scandinavian teams coming back. Or the Polish teams. The Polish teams coming back from, you know, starting a new league. Molda, obviously, in the same league as Bodo, same position as them. Yeah. Um, And... uh, Boy, did they come out fucking firing against Legia? They 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 scored three goals in the first twenty four minutes and looked like and were looked like they're on their way to seven or eight. They were just looked like a JV team. Uh, they were just running through Legia, um, and you know I'm very sick of the tale of two halves thing that punditry comment. But yeah. All right, I would understand if a pundit said it this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Molda just I don't I don't really know what to say. They. They, it was like they were like swapped places at halftime. Legia in the second half came out like in the very similar manner that Molda did in the first half. It was yeah. they I there I don't think there there was I think there was one single shot that Molda had in the second one half. Shot in the second half. And it was yeah. off a turnover by Legia. So it wasn't like they created it. It's like like they scored the three goals and just stopped playing. Um which is weird because they could have scored more before half too. The commentator, the English language commentator from Paramount said, Leggy are crumbling in front of our very eyes. Um, but yeah, their Leggy came back hard. Their captain Josue scored a really brilliant volley for 3 1. Yeah. Um, and then the second was a really nice deep cross to the far post. Um, who Augustiniak uh puts that in or scores that. Um, I want to shout out Josue in particular. Um, as I said, he's the Leggy captain. And uh, he put in just like great cross after great cross after great cross. Um, he and they had all sorts of like different set piece routines too, like some creative stuff. The ball was going in a different spot of the box every time, from whether it's like a a free kick or a corner. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something to look out for in the return yeah. leg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if they get through, you know, that's one of the ways that a team from a smaller league. Yeah, Molda really struggled with that. Um, I don't know if the Norwegian league is that much bigger than the Polish league, but no, no, I was saying like if um, uh, Legia go through, you know, those unique mm-hmm. set pieces, that can be how you compete with the bigger teams. Yeah, right. Like what was interesting is that so in the first half when Legia were really struggling, they had they were playing this. It was interesting because we have two teams that want to play like pretty balls to the wall, Deserby level stuff. You yeah. know, they want a high press, high line, and Molda just kept passing easy through balls right mm-hmm. through that high line. Like they couldn't keep anyone offside. They, they couldn't mark anybody. Um, and then it seemed like a very similar, the inverse happened in the second yeah. where that pressing was suddenly very effective for Legia and Molda couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't get anything going. And it was just, I, it was just the weirdest, it, the weirdest result. <laughs> it feels cheap to say it's maybe Molda just got tired legs from not being because it wasn't know, in season, but they couldn't have had tired legs right out of the second half. Yeah. Like it's, it feels it wasn't like, like the they conceded answer. twice in the 90th minute. Yeah, it feels like the cheap answer. It feels like there has there was something else going on that we've missed. Yeah, and not been able to. Understand I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Legia tweaked some things, but yeah. to me, it really just looked like, uh, like, because Legia just, just really a, picked their pace up and Molda yeah. really dropped their pace. It's just such a difference in quality yeah. to have said we can't isolate. Like we can't figure out what the specific yeah. things that they did were because right. everything started working. Yeah, um, nothing in the first half. Yeah, uh, Legia, to be fair, did bring on four subs at halftime. Yeah, um, <laughs> which usually um, changes the game. Three of them were defenders, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure I've ever seen before. Um, so I, with more speed in the back line. I, I think, guess, like... I don't know, I think they switched to a back four 
from a back three yeah. is my guess. Um, because they brought well, maybe not because they brought in. Let's see, they brought in. Uh, let me see. They br- oh no, sorry, they brought in three center, three defenders, and a midfielder at half. Yeah. Um, uh, one of them was a wing back. Um, and yeah, one which the- is a which is a like for like I think with Patrick Kuhn. Mm-hmm. Um, took at, off Kapwandi, who was took off, middle. Took off a back. center back and then brought on another center back. So, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if they pushed to a back four and did more of like a four four two or four three three. Yeah, I will say Kapwandi was you know one of the guys routinely caught out of position on these three balls. Mm-hmm. So maybe just needed a different profile in that mm-hmm. specific spot in the back line. It's interesting that they brought two center backs on. Yeah. Um, for one, but anyway, it worked and. Uh, they uh, not only salvaged the tie, but actually really pushed Mulder at the end. Mulder was kind of hanging on for dear life, and they could have easily had a third to tie it. And now, you know, I guess suppose in a vacuum, they both take that result, right? Yeah. yeah. Like he I has mean, another place to look out for the atmosphere next week. I think it, there's, there's nobody at this you game. you got to favor Leggy in the second. Yeah, there's nobody at this game. Uh, let's move to Olympiakos 1, Ferencvaros nil. Um, this was, I'm not going to call this a stinker, but it wasn't that fun. Uh, do you? Uh, I'll give you a quarter if you know who the Olympiacos coach is now. Oh, God. Don't cheat. I, I just cheated a little bit by accident. God damn it, David. I was scrolling down to look at... It is Jose Luis Mendilibar, winner of the last Europa League. <laughs> when did he take over? Oh, like, like just this, like yeah, this, this month. month. <laughs> Literally this month. This is Olympiacos's... That, that was his first game with Olympiacos. Yep, this is Olympiacos' third manager this year. Mm-hmm. Um, As, you know, they started the season bad, then they seemed to play a little better, and then... Now they're slipped down to like third or fourth in the in the Greek yeah. league, and that's unacceptable um, for Olympiacos. It's unacceptable, and yeah, but now they luckily they're gonna win the conference league because they have the coach that just won the Europa League. Yeah, what a weird journey for Mendelibar. Um, but yeah, anyway, nobody lasts that long in Olympiacos. Um, so yeah, who knew that Benjvato started with a disallowed goal from a set piece early on? It was very very tight. Unfortunate for them. Um. But other than that, they didn't have a ton of chances. Um, and Olympiakos had to scrap for a winner, but did get it. Um, it's their number nine, El Kabi. Um, I, I will say it felt he had like a tap in. I mean, it felt like Olympiakos they deserved, deserved it. the win. Definitely. Um, Debouche had a very good game. The goalkeeper. Debouche. Yeah. Uh, I feel like most people will recognize him from his performances in like the Euros before. Mm-hmm. So he was at his. No, I won't say his best, but he had a very good game, and Olympiacos definitely deserved the one nothing win. They absolutely did. They had to scrap for it. You but know who else deserved to win? Your mom. Jesus, <laughs> doesn't even make sense. I don't care. She is not a soccer. So are you going to say Sturmgras? I was going to say Sturmgras. Yeah, Sturm definitely deserved to win. Um, another team that we love talking about on this podcast, but I don't know if they are getting the. Uh, they're definitely not getting the international attention that they deserve. I don't know if they're getting the context. In, within the Europa League context, if they're getting the credit they deserve for what they've done the past two years, mm-hmm. for, um, you know, pacing Salford two straight years is no easy task. Yeah. Um, they're only two points behind them now, and I think they just drew them la- over the weekend, last weekend, to keep pace. Yeah. Um, oh, and I mean, just and like, they won the they won their cup last year too. They won the Austrian cup. Yeah, and to put their like you know we talked about not getting the plaudits they deserve mm-hmm. last year in the Europa League, they came last in their group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously were eliminated there, but their performances were really strong, and they were expected to come last at a trot. Like mm-hmm. there were people projecting them to get one or zero points, even. Yeah, and they ended up on. But we knew better. Yeah, they ended up on eight points. They were 
that was a group where everybody was tied. Yeah. And that this isn't a... this isn't the end of the pod yet, but I just want to give a quick shout out to Christian uh Bilzer. We'll maybe cheers Ooh, to him later. Probably. Um, but uh he's he's been there since 2020 and he's really built the program the last couple of years um to be the firmly the second best Austrian team. Um and it's really impressive. Um and they looked really impressive today too. Um they win four one. Um and they started off in the in the fourth minute. Yeah. Um it's a very hot ten minutes. Uh first ten minutes. Goals for it was dead. Um yeah and uh I believe Sturm Graus also have a couple of young loanees from the Premier League. Wow. Um yeah including uh I never the, know uh, which of these guys are like who owns the goal scorer the opening goal scorer um uh right he scored the opening goal Berith yeah. Yeah, 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 he's an Arsenal player. Is he? Uh-huh. And their goalkeeper, uh, Yaros mm-hmm. from Liverpool. Oh. Um, they both started, Yaros scored in the fourth minute. Um, Slovan responded in the eighth. Looked like we might have a game on our hands, but then 2-1 by a halftime, 4-1 final time. I will say they Sturmgras got kind of a bullshit penalty <laughs> yeah. to push it to 3-1. Um I thought that was pretty horseshit. I'm not even sure he gets any of it of, of the man mm-hmm. on that challenge. I thought that was I would have been frustrated by that, but I was Slovan. But Slovan also didn't have a single shot in the second half. So they can't really be too and yeah. You know, and after they picked up a red, which okay, I want to talk about the red, yeah, because if you just like the backside lead to the red, it's Vladimir Vice subs mm-hmm. on Vladimir Vice, who then gets a and then Vladimir Vice gets a red card, sending Vladimir Vice's team down to ten net. It's a bit of fun. It's a good conference league bounce, you know. Uh, it's, not, it's not the same man. The manager has the same name as a player on the team. Mm-hmm. I, and it got a little. It, it got pretty dicey for Slovan after that. They were. I mean, it could have been worse than four one, frankly. Yeah. Um, and now Sturm will feel pretty damn comfortable. Um, and I wonder. I, I'm still thinking about the uh, the Sturm Graz coach. I wonder. So his progression. He started. At, he was at Austria Vienna before. Um, I wonder where do you go after having success like this at Sturmgras? You, you maybe get a look in in the Bundesliga, maybe like a mid-table team. I would think that seems like the natural progression. Or is that Serie A could be mm-hmm. a shot, like because we've seen a fair amount of like Swiss and Austrian players yeah. move down to like some of those lower. I was trying to, I was Serie trying to like teams. match them to a German team. Yeah, like what would be fun? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll think it's, on we'll, it. Yeah, we'll we'll have an answer for you next week. Like, uh, you know, something like also, something in that mid table level. Like, if Cologne didn't go down, like that sort of style, yeah, yeah. Cologne might go down now. Anyway, okay. um, let's move on to. I, sorry, I want to really oh, quickly yeah. talk about Vladimir Vice, the player who got the red card, and the manager who subbed on the player who got the red card. Mm-hmm. They are father and son. Mm. Um, and Vladimir Vice, the, and then one of the, is not even a junior involved, or no, they're the, just, also, just named just Vladimir Vice. Um, they're. The grandfather, also named Vladimir Weiss. Oh my god! All three have represented the. Well, I guess two of them represented Czechia, and one of them represented Czechoslovakia. Incredible! So three generations of Vladimir Weisses playing for the Czech Republic. Incredible! And uh, um, Slovakian legends. The youngest one. Uh huh. He has a whole controversy section. Oh no! That's so doing. long. Nightclub visit, fast food incident, uh, fast food incident with alcohol night drive. The fuck this is a fast food incident. How do you have an incident with fast I food? Don't know. He and uh, former Slovak national team player Philip Sebo, several other people had a conflict in a fast food restaurant. They were noisy and aggressive 
after this is the son or a younger son someone from their group the younger son the this is a, 34 another son. oh so the one who's the on one who there right, right now yeah, yeah, yeah third generation yeah so he's the third generation uh, he um, damaged a hotel in their group through a chair at a head of another restaurant visitor <laughs> damaged a hotel alcohol night drive is not words you want to see back to back to back jan kozak's resignation incident i'll have to research that and end of national team career how is that controversial I don't know, but uh, it was. How many games did he play for uh, oh, sorry, Slovakia? Say, he was Slovakia, yeah. His, uh, How many games did he play for Slovakia? Um, 77. Wow, okay. Why am I not remember? Where was he before? He's, he was at Manchester City? Well, this was before they were Manchester City. No, Great. it wasn't. That was after they were Manchester. 2008 was the buy, uh, was, I think. This is 2009. Three appearances. Guys, if you're still um, with us, I really appreciate it. Rangers on loan, Espanol. Oh, Pescara. This is the kind was of that uh, up in Syria. This yeah. is kind of the, the this is the kind of action that you can't get from another podcast. You know, yeah. this is the kind of in depth, deep diving in the footballing world that you would not get anywhere else. He was on the 2012-13. So he was like a player. Pescara team. So like right after uh-huh. they lost Verratti, Mobile, and Insigne, mm-hmm. and were like clearly out of their depth. <laughs> wow. Okay. He's got a little Balotelli in him. Respect. Oh, yeah. Um. Why don't we move on to one of the games of the day? Union Saint Joao's two. Frankfurt 2. Um, I don't know if you got any of that. But if you did, um, I have some information for you about this game, if you're interested. Um, mainly about Frankfurt. So, Frankfurt have been busy fucking boys this year, in the new year. Mm-hmm. Did you know this? They have bought a striker from Angers for 18, $8 million, 18-year-old, named Jean Bahoya. Okay. Um, he doesn't. He's not registered for Europe, I think, because yeah. he came off, off the bench over the weekend. Okay. Did not not on the team sheet. Don't think yeah. he's registered for Europe. Uh, who is registered for Europe? Sasa Kalajic, on loan from Wolves. Um, relevant today. We'll get yes. back to it. Um, he's starting. Hugo Ekatike. Yeah, he came PSG. off the bench. He came off the bench. Uh, Donny Van de Beek. Yeah, I missed on loan one, from United. That one I missed before. Is he not registered either? I don't know if he's registered. He he also played over the, the weekend. The, he wasn't on the team sheet today. It might just be. An active mm-hmm. choice. I don't they also know. bought a 20 year old center back who's coming over the summer mm-hmm. from Young Boys for nine million, mm-hmm. who we have already covered today. Arel Amenda. Yes. Um. Yeah. They bought him. Yeah. So uh, That's the one who had the own goal today. Yeah, he had the own goal. They're doing business. Yeah. Um, Saint Joao's meanwhile are loving life right now. Yeah. Eight points clear at the top of Belgium, and I don't even really think that uh does justice to how good they've been the last three months in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a new forward this season, uh, Mohamed Amora. He has yeah, 18 who, goals and 20 appearances. If 28 remember, appearances. We talked about his transfer. Sorry, not striker. Year. He's like a four, well, left yeah, forward, forward, yeah, left wing. Um, he's played some striker, but yeah. we talked about his transfer at the start of the year and wanted to be like, oh, like mm-hmm. let's highlight this transfer as a potential game changer for Saint Joao. Yeah, I think we were right. Yeah, and remember we spent we, we spent time this summer because Saint Joao's. You know, when we covered them, we did the the club spotlight. Yes. They're kind of infamous now, at least in our circle, yeah. of uh, of finding really good attacking players, selling them, and just immediately replacing them. Like, I, who was it that Boniface replaced? And he was just way better. Oh, uh, um, they also had Undav. Yeah. Um, who did Bonifaz? that? He was on loan though from Brighton. Yeah, I think. But uh, yeah, they they just like replacing people with people. This year, they've replaced Boniface with three people. <laughs> uh, well, and they also replaced Teddy Tuma, who right. So they've they've replaced those guys with. Uh, Mohamed Amora, 18 goals and 28 appearances. Mm-hmm. Cameron Puertas and Gustav Nilsson, who have a lot of combined goals and assists this season. Mm-hmm. And they were the other two that started up top. Um, you just can't stop these guys from successfully reloading. 
my God, they're yeah. so good at it. Um, they're really, really good at it. Um, and uh, somehow, despite losing the best player they've probably ever had in the yeah. in oh, St. Bon, bon Zier. Yeah, Von Zier. Sorry, that was a tie back to probably like replaced. And um, Dove. They yeah. probably they, Boniface is one of the best players in like the history of the club. Yeah. Probably, right? Yeah. And, and uh they've gotten better after somehow, losing him. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Um, but uh in this case, they're hosting Frankfurt. Unfortunately, they have to play in the Anderlecht Stadium, as we remember, mm-hmm. yes. um, when they play in Europe because their stadium is like, you know, like stands in the woods, which is awesome. But uh, but they did not start off well. Frankfurt scored two goals in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, through the young Algerian, Chibi, Chabi, Chibi, uh, after a run to the end line from the left back in Kunku. Uh, the second one uh, comes from a really clumsy effort by Le Poussin, the St. Joao's player, um, Madagascarin. Yeah. From a, from a corner, he takes a big swing at it outside the box, out. fucking misses everything, and the resulting uh, counter leads to a Kaliasic goal. Um, it's a tough start for St. Joao's, and it's just they just didn't seem to switch on at the starting whistle. They're, you know, they're huge gaps. Um, they both seem like very preventable goals. Um, but uh, Shkiri, Shkiri, Right, Skihiri, Skihiri. I think that's how it's pronounced. I think Skihiri. I thought the H was more silent. Skihiri, Skihiri, maybe helps them uh, get back into the game uh, because he's dispossessed in his own box. (laughs) And uh, Ramison finishes. Yeah, that one was really bad. That was really bad. That was a really bad giveaway. Who was it? Um, that put the pressure on it. Uh, great question. I want to say I think Nielsen had a little bit of pressure on him at first, and then. Ramison oh, finishes. Amura comes and just takes the ball off. That's bad news. Yeah, from, it was. Oh, it it's was like bad. it's. I mean, it's good press from Saint Jules, but yeah. you got to do the pressing to get the turnovers. But yeah. um, I don't know what he's seeing there. Like, no, and the whole thing was. It was very bad. He's. I have no really, idea what he's seeing. He just rolls it straight into the path of the. Yeah, it's. I don't think he sees Amura. He must all. not. But I don't know how it's right there. It's such a quick reaction to the press to be. It's right there. Turn the ball away. Um, so we go into the break two one. Um, Nilsson then finds the equalizer in the 68th minute. This one's a lovely goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Nilsson's able to sort of poke a, the ball over the top of the hands of Trap. Um, yeah. it's after a nice little combination, little looping ball over the top. Yeah. Um, and then Van Houta gets himself sent off for a second yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't be available for the second leg. But mm-hmm. um, all things considered. We ended up with a pretty reasonable result, I'd say. It was the, on the balance of play. It was pretty even in almost every stat, you know. Yeah. Um, I think this ended up being just about right. I do also think, you know, the last 10 minutes when Frankfurt were up a man, that's when I really wanted to see them, you know, like take control of the game and say, okay, let's go get the winner. Let's make sure we go home with an advantage. But they were still outplayed in the last 10 minutes. They're just a weird team. Yeah. It's uh, um, not – Super love in Frankfurt long term, yeah. In this competition, but oh, not not enough, at all. Yeah, might have enough to get through on the second leg. Against not at all. And uh, even though they didn't have the best day today, I want to I look out for the 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 back three of Saint Joao's. I think is a talented group. The yeah. captain Burgess obviously has been there forever, mm-hmm. but uh, Alexi McAllister's brother Kevin, and uh, and the the Japanese dude Machida. Yeah, it's a pretty strong back three. I think they got going there. And it's all to play for in Germany. 
Uh, let's quickly do a couple he's of the so center back. Uh, McAllister. Oh, he's short as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> five foot seven. It's Belgium. Uh, yeah. let's quickly do two of the least interesting games of the yes. day: Servette yeah. and Ludogorets. Um, Servette. The coolest part of this game was the Servette Tifo of Baby Yoda. Yeah, like I didn't even see that. Oh, it's a really cool. Oh, tifo. you gotta you pull should... that up. Yeah, yeah. I'll show it. Uh, anyway, Ludogorets took one single shot from inside the box the entire game, and it wasn't even central. <laughs> so they didn't create fucking dick. It's just a picture of Baby uh, Yoda. I don't understand why. So if anyone wants to fill us in, on oh, that. I love that. Yeah. Love it. Um, Servette, very good. Servette, you know, second place in the league in a good league position. They looked confident, but they just couldn't really find a winner. They had a big chance in the 82nd minute, um, and it looked uh, as simple as it gets. Uh, but uh, Alexis Antonez kicks it right into his own teammate from four yards out with nobody else in front of goal. Yeah. Big sad, um, and they'll be kicking themselves. They didn't get the the advantage. Um, the other one that we should discuss briefly, and not more than that, is a Maccabi, Maccabi Haifa 1, Ghent 0. Um, this, of course, not in Israel. Um, although Haifa managed to get some fans where in wherever it is that they're... It was in... Uh, it wasn't Poland, I want to say. Oh, oh Hungary. Hungary. Sorry, sorry. Um, they did manage to get some people there. So credit for that. Ghent had a lot of chances. They had 15 attempts from inside the box. Mm -hmm. They more than tripled the Maccabi Haifa XG. They also gave up the dumbest goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was an attempted clearance that bounces off a Haifa player. And, you know, it was attempted clearance by Ghent. Mm -hmm. It knocks into a Haifa player, rolls right into our friend Piero's Ooh, path, and he finishes. Um, yeah, uh, they, they again, just... We'll, we'll hate that. <laughs> They'll hate everything about this. Um, some good blocks for Haifa. Yeah, they they got. Of... If you take fifteen shots in the box and don't score, you're this is gonna be it's gonna be some blocks. Yeah, uh, if you're a fan of blocks, there's a lot blocks. of blocks in this game. I think uh, the captain alone had three of them. He had uh, his name's Gershon. He also had the most defensive actions in the game, the most clearances in the game, the most duels yeah. won in the game. It was, yeah. um, and they did it. They made it hard enough to. Uh, Hard enough for Ghent. Um, they had to really dig in the last twenty minutes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 poised for hopefully a more exciting watch than that second one. Um, we move to another relatively boring game, but was possibly the biggest upset of the day. Maybe yes. the biggest upset. Well, Carabag's probably the biggest upset. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. This, this one's close. A pretty big upset. Too. Pretty big upset. Um. So Zagreb's not been that good this yeah. year. Dinamo Zagreb. They're traveling to Real Betis, who have been pretty solid this year, sixth in La Liga. They're sort of normal shtick. I feel like they've been kind of up and down in form all year, though. Yeah. Inconsistent. Dinamo Zagreb were not very impressive in the group stage. Uh, they Not impressive in the league. They they're did. not even in first. Yeah, they're in third. Which, you want to uh, tell the stats? Yeah, 16 <laughs> of the last 17 Croatian top flights. I don't Idols. Premier League, I don't division, whatever they call it. The yeah, one dot division. So the Croatian one dot division. The one dot division. <laughs> um, sixteen of the last seventeen titles Zagreb have had. So and Rijeka, seven in a row. Yeah, seven in a row. Only interrupted by Rijeka, mm -hmm. who are currently two points clear of Hajduk Split mm -hmm. at the top. Zagreb and, seven points back of Rijeka, but they do have a game, game in hand. Yes. So um, um, they they'll still have something to say about it probably. But yeah. I they, thought that was interesting. They do play Rijeka at home <laughs> on the twenty fifth of February. Very so interesting. If you want to see. Potentially a changing of the guard mm -hmm. or a one-off. There's like, only ten teams in the. I mean, it's, it's a tiny country, but it's, it's not that small. No, it's tennis. Tennis. Like Gibraltar not... has eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten is surprising. <laughs> and like the national teams are really good, so you know there's 
yeah. quality players. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just it's weird. Um, but anyone ever, nobody knows more than the top three, right? You know, yeah, Dinamo, yeah. you know, Hydric Split, you know, Rijeka, and that's yeah. kind of it. Those are uh, the only teams that make it to Europe, really. So. No disrespect to Ozil, Oziek, or yeah. NK Lokomotiva, or Slavin, or HNK Gorica, or NK Varezdin, or NK Istra1961, or Rudis. Okay, I know a couple of those. I know Slavin Balupo. Balupo? Yep. And Istra. What is Slavin Balupo? Oh, I just know them. They're not in the top five. Yeah, they're Slavin. That's that. Oh, Slavin. I thought you. They're in Balupo. Oh. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation and making Scrooge is very upset. Balupo. And I know Istria because uh, it used to be Italian. Uh, nice. Um, But anyway, uh, very, you know, like kind of a slow game, but Batiste had a fair few chances at first, and Zagreb held off uh, Navistic, the goalkeeper. Only had to make three saves. Like the last chance defensive play by Zagreb mm-hmm. was great. There was not a single time where it felt like Batiste really got a shot off cleanly. You know, it felt like they were always somebody under someone pressuring them as they took a shot. Yeah, they frustrated um, them all day for sure. Yeah, and they took sixteen and then only got one xG. A lot of bodies in the box again. A lot of bodies in the box. <laughs> but Zagreb kept you know enough people forward that they posed a pressure. Um, Baterino was causing problems all day. Misic got forward from midfield a few times and mm-hmm. created some opportunities. Uh, and then they drew a penalty. You know, and a penalty. A penalty. A penalty. A penalty. And Pekovic buries the penalty. Uh easy finish. It was another one of those like handballs where his arm is just way above his head. Yeah. And it hits off his hand Sucks. back onto his head to head it away. Um so yeah, Dinamo has a Japanese player too. Yeah, dude. Every league. Every, every- Every top team in a minor league a, has a Japanese player, right? Yeah, now. it's so it, the Japanese are taking over. Yeah, um, and he's young. He's youngish too, right? Twenty six. Twenty six. Still make the. Leap I'm telling you, they're a, all twenty three to twenty six years old. Yeah, he can still make the leap to like another even bigger team. Well, Maybe. I mean, Zagreb's a pretty yeah. solid team. I don't want to make it sound like he's not at a big team, but yeah, I mean, so Pekovic buries a penalty, and Zagreb grab a one nothing win. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like against the run of play, but not totally. You know, like yeah, they did enough to make Betis suffer. Um, with the ball, like Betis were gonna like really score. Betis did not do enough in this game. Um, and it's they're gonna have they have a mountain to climb now in uh in Zagreb. My team has been the victim of a returning uh, leg in Europe to Zagreb before. It seems you really want to play them at their place first. Yeah, indeed. Um, another team you want to play at their place first is Bodo Glimt. Yeah. Who. They went to the Netherlands and they got a good result. One of the more fun games today, if not the most fun game today. Um, uh, Bodo was really in charge for a while here. Not that Ajax didn't have chances, not that Ajax didn't have more of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But Bodo looked the more dangerous team, at least in the first half. Um, of note for Bodo, before we get going here, uh, Jans Petterhauge back on loan from Frankfurt mm-hmm. uh, or back to Bodo on loan this time. Yeah. Um, um, it's what, like the second or third, might be the third player to leave Bodo and they're back and on end up coming back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're thrilled about it. Yeah. Uh, Ajax, meanwhile, as we know, they brought in Hendo on a free from mm-hmm. Saudi. Um, and for some reason, his jersey is like sold out immediately, which was weird. weird. Remember, he was like, he like broke the record and like jersey sales in the first x amount of time or something for, for an ix it's not weird for like henderson? like why would they care why would anyone in the netherlands care about henderson henderson seems like a guy who would be 
he's very popular in England and yeah. rightfully so, but he doesn't seem like he he's, has the personality to carry an international in identity. I you would I don't know. know. I don't. Not that I know of, yeah. but I thought like that was strange. Is that strange? Big name players he, to go there, not like. He's like, not like the English player you'd expect that would, would yeah. capture people's attention. Yeah. To say it, he's a little plain is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Bodo, of course, one of the teams playing their first competitive game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, quick shout out to them for winning last year's title in Norway and three of the last four. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's Gronbeck, um, maybe their best player. Maybe is he? he's been playing really, really well. Yeah. Maybe their best player. Yeah. Um, he did come on. With a slight injury. Oh, did he? I missed yeah. that. Yeah, uh, he just like kind of limped off. I, but he, he go. Yeah, can't tell how. Anyway, he goes on the double today. He gives Bodo the lead after mm-hmm. a counter and a deflected shot, um, proving IX continues not to give a fuck about defending. Yeah. Even though they are, they have dragged their way back up to sixth and the air fifth, excuse me, in the era divisie, just one point off fourth, but still nine points off that Champions League qualifying spot in third, Jeez. which Twente occupies at the yeah. moment. Um, yeah, and then there's a tough moment for the 19-year-old left back Goyer, Goyer in the second half. This is Ajax, I should mention, when yes. he turns the ball over outside his own box and Gronbeck benefits to score his brace. This was one where uh, the defending from Ajax, strange. Uh, Goyer and Wrench as well, and Sutolo, I mean, doesn't, I don't think he does anything particularly wrong, but he doesn't cover exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the turnover, Gronbeck gets the ball, he just is kind of draped by Wrench and Goyer, and it's very easy for him to lay the ball off. Um, was that to... I don't remember who he was playing. I don't either. But they... Oh, it's uh, Evgen. Evgen? Uh, Evgen. Evgen, Evgen yeah. probably. So he plays through to Evgen, who then gives it back to Gronbeck, and Goyer and Wrench just like, abandoned him completely. They just stand there. They had two players right around him. They know <laughs> it's going to Evgen or Gronbeck. They're the only two Bodo players in attacking position. And then as soon as he gets to Evian, they just abandon Gronbeck completely. He's left pretty easy finish. Uh, Sutolo is a little too far away to cover at all. And yeah, they're not big on they're not big on defending these days. Well, it's no. not really their style. Yeah, and I don't want to like harp on the players too much. They're combined forty years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're both very young players, so it's but hard. you know, Ajax were sort of forced to embrace a He's new. Right. Their left back was seventeen. Yeah, they've been forced to embrace a new youth movement right because whatever the fuck they were doing to start the year wasn't working obviously their recruitment has been really bad Mm -hmm. so they've gone kind of to the academy yeah and And it's been it's not been unsuccessful i mean they're not in 16th anymore so that's good i do think that's part of why they were so intent on bringing in henderson yeah it's just like a calming presence yeah um and talking about a calming presence. Oh, can I first say Gronbeck, despite scoring the brace, the most Scandinavian looking motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's, it is absurd. Look him up. He's disgusting looking. Yeah, he's but, and by disgusting, I mean very beautiful. Um, but yeah, I the other thing of note, um, until we get into responses from Ajax was that Brabby sitter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's a it's just a lob ball over top. Brabby has like a Pretty easy header. Basically has a a, a free, free header, header on goal, and he doesn't even make contact. And he might have been offsides. I, I think he was were, offside. We were kind of trying to. I think out. he was offsides. We think he was. I suspect he was. Um, but, but it still felt very Brobby. It like, sums it up for Brobby. Yeah. I was saying he reminds me a little bit Brobby when Lukaku is out of form, mm-hmm. and so like he'll do like even when Lukaku is out of form, he does a lot that contributes to the team for ninety minutes, right? Yeah. He gets in good position. He plays well. He's physical. He draws defenders away. You can't look away from him because he'll. Mm-hmm. create a good opportunity but then he just can't finish yeah and it felt like whatever he tried to do 
he could do the exact right thing and just wasn't going to go in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, and even though Bodo didn't play, didn't get an actual a ton of chances towards goal, they I think they pretty much executed their game plan to perfection yeah. until the 88th minute. Yeah, I would say in the 71st, I thought the Kenneth Taylor off Bronco Van de Boomen sub uh-huh. was kind of the game changer for Ajax. Uh, just another midfielder who's a little calmer on the ball. Taylor, young player, kind of dives forward a lot. You know, it's a, I think it was the wrong play today, maybe, like in hindsight. I think I would have made the same choice if I was uh, Van Ship. Von Ship? Who? Oh, uh, the manager. Yeah. If yeah. I was the manager, I would have made Von Shipped. I think I would have made the name, same choice at the start John of the game. John Von Shipped. But John Von Shipped. Yeah. But Van de Boomen came on, I thought just was a really good presence in the midfield. Him and Henderson looked to mesh very well, uh, completely dictated the flow of the game mm. from that sub. Uh, but yeah, in the, we want to talk about it's the 88th minute. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's a penalty conceded to Brabi. And as a result, it's a red card because he's the last back when he, yeah, I will say I've, I've tried, I've watched this. At, I didn't get a great angle of it, like close up to see yeah. how much contact there was from afar. Doesn't look like a ton of contact, but if there's any think, contact, it's a red and a penalty. I think he grabbed, like, I think he had yeah. a grab of the shirt. If there's any impediment, it's a red and a penalty. Yeah. It I was just wasn't much like close up, but from far away, I thought yeah. it looked like he grabbed the shirt. But anyway, Van de Boomen converts that penalty. Brabi wins some sympathy back. Yeah. And then they have seven minutes of extra time to see out. And I can't quite do it. To be fair, Berghaus scores a really cheeky, sexy goal here. Oh, yeah. Um, In the 97th minute, um, he, the keeper is sort of out of position after he doesn't quite make contact with a punch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Berghaus, it lands at Berghaus' feet. And on the bounce, he like inside foots it over the head of the keeper mm-hmm. and into the goal. The defender tries to come over and smash it out. Can't get there in time. I saw Brabby lurking there, wishing he could steal it for himself. Um, it's it's actually it's good thing Brabby didn't touch. It. He probably would have found. It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's pretty. He would have burned it. It's yeah. pretty great awareness and creativity from uh from the Dutch captain. Yeah. Um, who's somehow thirty two already. Um, I thought he was like twenty six. Uh, it's good stuff from Berghaus, but uh, I think the keeper will be Haug will feel disappointed here because if he gets any clean contact on the cross, um, the goal doesn't happen, and then Bodo probably survived the next minute or two. Yeah. Um, so he'll feel frustrated about that weird position to be in because Bodo did blow the game in stoppage time, yet but, they're in great position going back home. Yeah, I mean that field, you know, the artificial turf, yeah. bad weather. Is it artificial turf at Bodo? Yeah. Artificial, dude. It's the weather's like... not that bad in Bodo. We've, we've been over always this. Always bad. Yeah. We've been over this. It's like forty. It's not. Yeah, that's not, bad for Europeans. Yeah, but it's not freezing. This isn't. They don't live in America, Max. They can't it's handle like cold nor- weather. Photo doesn't. He's not even in that cold. It's like yeah. normal temperature. Uh, but yeah. So it was twenty-seven degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, that was a, that's a little chilly today. Snowy. It's supposed to next Thursday be thirty-six. No, but the day before it's rainy. The day after, very windy. We should speak in Celsius for our European audience. Oh, yeah. So uh, negative one or negative two today, uh-huh. and it's supposed to be like two degrees. Yeah. On the return, nothing. Yeah, Your kids are weak Ain't when it comes shit. to weather. They man. are weak. Um, um. So yeah, look out for that. Yeah. Anyway. Not um, a place you yeah. want to go on a second leg with it. Bodo is feisty, and uh, yeah, you don't want to go there without an advantage. And yeah. I think Bodo should probably now be considered the favorites to go through. Probably, yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, it's a with just like how Ajax have played in Europe this year. It feels mm-hmm. like okay. I actually just... wonder what the bet with the line is like. The betting odds for that are. I would bet um, Ajax are favorite, probably slightly. 
if you make IX underdogs, like yeah, and they or is it like a pick win, at this point? I don't know. If IX are underdogs and they win, there's yeah, you're gonna have to pay out a lot of money because a lot of people will just bet IX yeah, maybe. because of the name. I think it's so. I think I think Bodo should be slightly favored in this next game. Yeah. Um anyway. That uh, we've basically covered all the games here. Is there? Do you want to shout out maybe one or two in each league that's going to be most fun to see the second leg? Oh, of? The second leg, I, it's got to be Bodoglimp Ajax and Dinamo Zagreb Batiste in the conference mm. league, uh, and then Europa League. I think Saint Joel's Frankfurt might be good too. Yeah, yeah. Europa the conference league feels like it's going to have the more exciting yeah. games. I feel like, yeah, plays. I agree. The Europa League, obviously, the the answer is probably Roma Feyenoord, but I'm not actually that excited to watch that game because yeah. we've seen what those legs look like. And they're never as fun they're as you think cagey. they're going to be. They're very cagey. They're very boring. I think uh, Toulouse. Very boring. I think be... Sparta Galatasaray is the game to watch. I think I'm shouting out Toulouse Benfica. Yeah. You just have to come at them a little yeah. bit. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sparta Galatasaray is it for me, baby. Um, right. So uh, we've just about wrapped it up today. Um, cheers. Thank you for uh, listening as we're back in full swing for the rest of the spring. Yeah. Um, in the meantime. Uh, stay safe out there and cheers to Christian Ilzer. Christian Ilzer? The Austrian yeah, the... god yeah. Of, cheers. Of, of Stern. Cheers, Christian. Okay.